You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. And before the news, we had the interview with One Glory. Mm. And we listened to their song, the new single that's coming out today, or that has already come out today, yeah. by One Glory, Glimmer of Hope. Fabulous song, Absolutely. isn't it? Just so good oh, to hear that amazing. one. Amazing. Um, and the other one we had was Jess Ray, Psalm 19. It's come now time for us to keep going with our quiz. We're coming mm. to the second last question. You don't want to miss out on the draw for this, the book, Daniel Wisdom for the Wild. Mm-hmm. And so just even if you enter in this question or the very last one, yeah. you can still win. Guys, this is your penultimate opportunity to get in for the quiz this morning. In Romans 1, what does Paul say he he was set apart for? In Romans 1, what does Paul say he was set apart for? I'm going to give you an extra clip. We just we want you to get in for this we book. We do. It's fantastic. Yeah. Second clue here. The first four books of the New Testament That's what are referred to as this. That's right. So, hey, in Romans 1, what does Paul say he was set apart for? Bruce Shell is laughing. <laughs> like, like, we're making it easy for you guys because you want In fact, the whole you, news of Jesus in. Christ is called this. Is, hey, hey, slow down. <laughs> slow down there. Slow down. Hey, hey, hey. In yeah, Romans 1. No, I'm pumped. <laughs> what does Paul say he was set apart for? 0491 669, of course, Daniel, Wisdom for the Wise, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, practical and thorough commentary of the book of Daniel that you want. That you want, absolutely. absolutely. But you and I can't enter it either. No, so, but, we want yeah. it, but we're not we allowed do. to have it. You not know. Yeah, that, I, that's have, okay. I have his revelation one, but I'm, I'm definitely going to be getting this one absolutely. too. Absolutely. Like. Shout out Zdravko Stefanovic as well with his beautiful book. Hey, 0491-064-669 is the number to yeah, text. Yeah, the number again, 491 Hey, Lawson, we've got uh, lots of answers coming in and some texts. Just want to read out this text by Wayne. It says, AI, my wife is an executive. She uses apps when she does commence meeting speeches and at the end of the Meetings, the AI app tells her her faults, where to improve. It's like she is trying to be a perfect program herself. <laughs> um, this tells me we are being controlled by AI. We want to be like AI, a perfect program. Mm. I like faults and mistakes and it lets me know I'm human. It tells me I need a savior in this world. It's not all about me, me, me. Mm. I love what Wayne's saying there today because even when we went off air, we were still discussing your mm. thing of news a whole lot further. We're yeah. just talking about that whole control thing and that really, you know, if people... If if it was all on the one app and then they decide, you know, at one end that, that you know, you don't fit this and you're not mm. going according to their rules in some kind of way, that you can be virtually deleted in so many of your – the banking and your, yeah. your booking of uh, – accommodation and things like that, hotels mm. and everything else will actually, and your shopping, that can all be literally cut off. And that, I guess that was going with what we were talking about when I said, mm. I f- you know, I don't like it because you feel disempowered. So there's some parts with AI that would be really quite good. But uh, overall, you know, the whole control thing and feeling disempowered, that doesn't quite sit with me really well because the whole thing too within Christianity is that we talk about the fact that we give our con- control, or we should say, we, we go to Christ and He's the one that empowers us to be like Him. And, mm. and that whole self thing needs to be put aside, you Absolutely. know, self aside and, and go under the power of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And obviously, you know, when we were talking about, so that was WeChat and obviously Elon Musk is wanting to do the same thing with this X app, you know, 
monopolies are never good for industry. They're never good for the consumer. They're usually only good for the company. And so in that sense, I'm like, oh, man, that's really tough. But this kind of thing is already happening. We've talked on the news yeah. before. Barclays in the the UK, the biggest one of the biggest banks there, oh, has yeah. shut down numerous accounts due to... Like, they've just shut down accounts. Like, they have seen, oh, this person or this organization put this thing on Facebook or whatever. Oh, let's, we're, we're shutting them down. Yeah. You know, straight wow. up. And this is a bank that isn't even attached to a social media no, site. No, that's right. And uh, it is a massive, massive bank. It's a huge bank and they're just shutting things down. And so this is like really kind of scary in a sense that, oh, you can be shut out of society because of a, you know, a differing stance on these particular issues. And it's not like they're a terrorist organization. Like it's a church. It's not illegal to be a church, but, but maybe it's the way that it's going. And now you have the, tools in AI and in the super apps to be able to control that. You know, as, as someone who's interested in tech, I there is so much about AI that I like you know, in the sense that I'm like, oh man, this is you can get so much more done because da 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 da. But in in that sense of, you know, as Wayne is highlighting the control that can come from that yeah. as well. And I, I totally can see, you know, we are, we are looking towards a world that is under a really negative level of control. And yeah. that's not a world that I want to live in. I want to live in a world that Jesus is ruling. Uh, Absolutely. Not hey. that is ruled by AI. So 100%. Uh, guys, yeah, if you have any more thoughts, uh, text us at 0491-064-669. Let us know. We, you know, will you will you be endeavouring to join one of these apps like X or or WeChat or whatever it may be, or are you uh, are you going to avoid those things? Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. If you have an opinion as well, let us know too. And I can see there's a bunch of people sending in correct answers for our quiz. Oh, they they're flooding in, aren't they? Really, which is so exciting to see. So, mm. listening yeah. to the breakfast show, we've come to the time where we are going to study the Bible. Yeah, we always love this time, don't we? When Oh, Especially this week, we've just really like with the one that we unpacked two days ago, even about the walls coming mm-hmm. down um, in Jerusalem. You know the symbolic thing and the walls coming down, as in divisions between people and how Christ is our peacemaker. We we said even off fair that we could have just unpacked that for three four days, yeah. just even that, that particular topic. But so we're going to the book of Ephesians. Paul's the writer of Ephesians. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're actually going further <laughs> into Ephesians chapter two and. We were doing verses 14 to 18 yesterday, but we're going to unpack that a bit more and move straight into verses 19 to 22. But I just want to bring in something here that relates to that really quite nicely too that we're talking about um uh, about how the church is a holy temple. That's what we're going to be covering today. Mm. And the little book that I actually read a quote from earlier this week, Seeking Courage, Inspirational Quotes by Lorna Arthur. I like mm. what she writes here about optimism. Mm-hmm. Bricklayers are practical optimists. With their eyes, they may see a pack of bricks, but with their heart, they see a house. So acting on hope born of experience, they lift the bricks one by one until the job is done. And I love the fact because it actually talks about being optimistic and looking ahead. And here when we're actually talking about the temp, you know, the church being a temple, a, a holy temple, and that it's, it's a metaphor that's used because of course you're not a building like, you don't look nope. really, you don't look square to me. <laughs> 
pizza. <laughs> Lawson, or, you know, or like 12, 13, 14 foot high or anything like that. Yeah, no, 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 any of those <laughs> things. But, you know, I just think that's the thing that there's, there's hope, there's a vision. And the thing is that when we are linked with Christ, there's this beautiful picture that actually happens and develops when we see ourselves and really appreciate and see how the Bible pulls out the fact that we, the church, are a temple, um, a holy temple. So mm. do you want to pick it up from Ephesians? Let's bring it in from 14 because some of our listeners may not have been on sure. yesterday. Let's bring it in, but we're going to unpack uh, verses 19 to 22 even more because it does link with the the earlier verses. So Absolutely. Away, Ephesians awesome. chapter 19, the Bible says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles' with Christ Jesus himself, the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Mm, aren't there beautiful words there when we actually read that? And here we actually find that he's saying that you're no longer strangers and foreigners, but actually fellow citizens and members of a household. And in the New Testament, the household, you know, the church was actually mostly in the households. When you look at yeah. um, in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 16, we see mm. Lydia in Philippi. Yeah. You know, it was considered a household. They yeah. met in the homes, in the, the, the early Christians met in the homes. Mm basically. And the buildings really came later in later centuries, didn't they? Mm. Uh, the three, 400 AD onwards, you know, the, the buildings started developing and things like that. Bishops were appointed. Yeah. But here we actually see that it speaks about being members of the household of God and mm. being built on the foundation of apostles and prophets that who, of course, the center of it was Jesus Christ himself yeah. as the cornerstone. It's also talking about, I think this is really key, that the household ministry of the church at that time, you can think about how it was operating yeah. in Ephesus very much in that way, is the continuation of the, of the lineage of God's people throughout all time. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. We're continuing our encounter with God time where we're looking at Ephesians chapter 2 and the church being as a holy temple. Mm. And, yeah, we just unpack the fact that really the households in early Christianity in the time of the early Christians that they met in households, not in big buildings and in churches. Mm. And that's why we are also considered to be the church because it mm. speaks here then about the fact that in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in yeah. the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. And can I just say how awesome it is to be able to meet together in small groups, in households. Like, it's just the best. I have been a part of a number of different churches. Currently, I'm going to a church. It's the biggest church I've ever gone to. There's probably on, you know, an average weekend on a Sabbath, there would be maybe 400 people there or plus, you know, maybe a little bit. It depends what part, because it's the university church down at Avondale. Wow. Depends, you know, yeah. what, what whether the students are there or not. But point is, it's massive. Previous to this, I was at Newcastle University Church, which Newcastle's a, a secular uni, and so the church that we have there is much, much smaller. Uh, about it was, it's just started actually as a church plant. It has about forty people in it. Before that, you know, I've been a part of church plants. I've been a part of established churches. You know, all kinds of different shapes and sizes. Uh, but yeah, being it, regardless of the size of the church, being 
being able to meet together in people's houses and spend time mm. in God's word. In fact, that's how I became a Christian. Like it's yeah. very much related and associated to, for me. It has a very deep place in my heart because around the time I was becoming a Christian, the first church I ever went to was a house church. Yeah, wow. It was 12 Love people it. meeting together in a lounge room on a Saturday morning, opening the Word of God and reading it together, eating a meal together, spending time together. And I was there as a 17-year-old, surrounded by all these people that were <laughs> quite interesting for me at the time. Like, you know, uh, shout out Joseph and Camilla Scaff. We were meeting in their household and they would, you know, obviously we'd do our Bible study and whatnot. And, and those guys are real advocates for health. Shout out uh, the food yes. pharmacy as well. <laughs> uh, but, you know, they're talking about vegan food and we'd be eating vegan food. I'm like, man, what is this stuff? Like, bro, you know, I'd I, it was in there a lot, not just them, but most of the people there are in there, like mid twenties and up. And so I felt quite young. And but at the same time, I was just surrounded by this group of people who just loved on me, who cared for me. And it was very, it was a very intimate setting, and it created bonds and friendships that last for life. And so I really want to encourage you. Maybe you're a part of a smaller church. Maybe you're a part of a bigger church. But meeting together in households is the method that the apostles have given us to be able to reach people and to be um, it's a, it's like the perfect thing like you meet someone you make friends with them you say hey come over to my place for a meal yeah. and you bring some other of your friends from church and you all spend time together and get to know one another and and then it gives you the ability to lead that person to Christ. I see it time and time oh, again. Oh, time and time again. And there's a, there's a, there's a beautiful thing about doing that. We also, my husband and I actually, you know, started at our church plant. Well, I, I still call it our, it's not our church plant. It was God's church plant. Amen. Of course. <laughs> we were the servants to be used by him. Mm-hmm. But when we were living out in Western New South Wales, yeah, we started off with the Bible studies in the home. That yeah. was church. And then we'd actually have lunch together. But we had Bible studies during the week. And then we also had on the Sabbath, we would actually be around the round table digging into deep into God's word. And so it started off in the household. And that was the format of the New Testament t- church, that it was actually in the households. Mm. And that's when Paul actually traveled around. It was in households that people were actually meeting. We unpacked that a little bit earlier, even in uh, when we started the book of Ephesians last week when we mm. looked at uh, and the week before that we were looking at Ephesians 1 and was going to the households yeah. but when we started out west it was in the home and then that then developed into a, a bigger church plant that we then moved into a meeting so there is a really important place and a part to that and the beautiful thing that when people meet in the homes is that there's this real intimacy with mm with how people open up. Yeah, Because sometimes absolutely. in the bigger churches, you know, it can be that you know each other a little bit, but you don't need necessarily know each other on the deeper level unless, sure. you know, invite people in the home. But I want to add here too that there's this beautiful thing that with our studies of Ephesians at the moment, we're part of a, a movement of about 20, 20 million people that are studying mm. this worldwide at the moment. Mm. And, uh, and, and it's, and so we keep unpacking it and we also learn from each other as we unpack. And so mm. as we're actually studying this, there's about 20 million others around the world that are actually studying the same thing today. Mm. Um, and through the week and then tomorrow at church. So as they go to church, they then unpack what they've actually learned during the week as well. So that's the beautiful thing. But hey, let's keep going. Let's have, uh, we had to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Mm. And verse nine to eleven. First Corinthians. It's all. Corinthians was also written. First and second Corinthians were also written by Paul. Uh, Paul uh, wrote a lot of the, the the part of the New Testament. Mm. In fact, he's the biggest writer that we know there in the New yeah, Testament. Most prolific. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Okay. First Corinthians chapter three, verse nine to seventeen. 
Is that what we're reading? First Corinthians three, yep, three nine to eleven. Nine to eleven, and okay. then verse sixteen and seventeen. Awesome! It says, "For we are God's fellow workers; you are God's field; you are God's." Building according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it, for no other foundation can anyone lay that which is laid than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Now, sixteen seventeen. Do you not know that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God. God will destroy him, for the temple of God is holy, and which in the temple which you are. Wow! Mm-hmm. So see there how he clearly says, says we're God's fellow workers, in mm-hmm. other words, co-workers with Christ, right? Mm-hmm. And that you are God's building. Mm-hmm. What does that make you think? Feel, feel like you know, uh, Lawson, when you think about that? Well, I think it. What we see there is, you know. We look at the history of the temple mm. throughout Israel. Absolutely. And it started as, well, if we, if we even go back before the institution of the temple and God telling them to build a temple in the book of Exodus, yep. we go back into Genesis and we can still see at various times the building of different altars and uh, and whatnot to worship God by by the patriarchs, Abraham, yeah. Isaac, and Jacob. If you go, you go back to the original temple, the original cathedral, which was nature, the Garden mm. of Eden. And so we saw, because ultimately the, the temple is the place where God dwells. Absolutely. And so God was dwelling with them in the garden. And then at various times after the fall, they would build different altars and whatnot and, and make sacrifice on it. And God would be there with them. Yep. Uh, then you have the institution of this temple where God dwells, and it started off as you know being made of cloth and and you know wooden poles, and then you've got the Solomon's Temple, and then the destruction of Solomon's Temple, and then a temple after that, uh, and then the destruction of that temple in AD seventy by the Romans in Jerusalem. But then you see this transfer take place. But I think this transfer reflects a reality that has existed throughout, throughout all time, and that is that God is wanting to dwell in people, in people, That's making it. us the temple it's that we again as we were kind of getting at over the last couple of days those ceremonies the temple existed yeah. as illustration to point to christ and now that christ has come and has done his work we now understand completely okay well what does christ want to do does he want to save a temple does god yes. want to us to serve a temple and it's like no we are a temple that god wants to work in god wants to dwell in and this idea of, of god dwelling in the temple has now been kind of intimatized as it has all reflecting how it's always been that God is wanting to be with us. With us. That's right. With us and in us. With us, in us, working in us, working through our lives, you know, and we had that reality before the fall. We were perfectly connected to Christ. We're perfectly connected to God after the fall. No more. Uh, because of the division that sin has wrought. and But when we make those decisions through what Jesus has done, when we make those decisions for God, God can now dwell in us and we ourselves become a temple. And it, it's got a pretty stern warning here. If anyone defiles the temple yeah. of God, and after verse 16, which is that we are the temple, if anyone defies yeah. their 
body themselves. Um, God will destroy him for the temple of God is holy, which the which temple you are. And yeah. it, you know, people read that's like, oh, that's a bit harsh. God is going to destroy me, but he's just—it's ultimately talking about judgment here. That's right. God it's, is going to destroy every time. sinner. Absolutely, you know? he's not destroying us now. The chance is there for everyone that's all right. the way through. So even if we fall, or if we, def- as it says, defile the mm. temple, you know, and and we spoke about the whole divisions thing and how coming into Christ we are one. You know, the thing is that when we defile those things, defile the temple, the yeah. thing is that we still have that opportunity to keep coming back to Absolutely. him because of God's grace through faith. Absolutely, because the reality is is that your temple is already defiled. You know, it's all, it's already there. You are in need of God's help. You are in need of his forgiveness today. There's nothing you can do to undefile the temple. It's already there. Go to Jesus. That's it. That's what you need. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And we have got our last quiz question coming up. What? Are, oh, I went straight into it there. You go, Lawson. Can, how about if I do the last one? Hey? Yeah, go for it. What arrow-carrying case did the psalmist liken to a man with many sons? The hint is it starts with the letter Q. Q, wow. So what arrow carrying case did the psalmist liken to a man with many sons? The hint is it starts with Q. You go in for the draw of Daniel, wisdom for the wise. It's a practical approach and commentary looking at the book of Daniel. And that is the last chance you're going to have to go in for today's draw for the book. So, yeah, text us in your answers on 0491-064-669. Again, the question is... Yeah, what arrow-carrying case did the psalmist liken to a man with many sons? Hint, it starts with a Q. I believe this is Psalm 123, where this comes from. It's one of my favorite psalms. So as soon as I, I read over this question, I'm like, ah, oh, I, I know what's up. <laughs> hey, if you know the answer to that one, it's 0491 uh, It's either 123 or 127. One, one of those guys, I, I know it because there is a beautiful song written by The Corner Room about it. So, hey, 0491-064-669 is the number. Two text if you know the answer, your last opportunity, 0491-064-669. Let's get back into our study, Danuna. Yes, yeah. So our Encounter God with God time is looking at Ephesians chapter 2. We unpacked that and we actually read the verses in chapter 2 of 19 to 21. Where So we're talking about the fact that we're no longer strangers, Paul says, or foreigners, but fellow citizens, members of the household of God, built on the foundation of Jesus Christ as being the cornerstone and in whom the whole building is being fitted and together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. So it's about, it's not a static building that, you know, this metaphor that Paul is talking about. He's saying it's a, it's, it's, it's not static. It's actually growing. So it's mm. talking about us as being the temple of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And being the church. And so mm-hmm. we actually want to unpack just some more verses. We actually looked at 1 Corinthians 3 just before that where it says that we are the building. Mm. Uh, Lawson, can we go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 6 and 7? Because I think that actually brings out about Jesus mm-hmm. a little bit more there again too, doesn't it? Awesome. I've got it right here. The Bible says, Therefore it is also contained in the Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, 
To you who believe, he is precious, but to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Ah, chief cornerstone. What do you think of a cornerstone like in a building? Where, 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 where does your mind go with that? Well, in ancient times, it's not necessarily a practice that we still do today, but in ancient times, the way that they would build is they would build one pillar with a massive mm. stone. It was called the cornerstone. Yeah. And that pillar would be, the this stone pillar would kind of function as the support for the entire house. Of course, there would be supports around it. But from that one pillar, from that one stone, they would build the rest Everything of the house. Everything else would go, they would put, yeah. you know, They would build a wall off to the side and some walls yeah. on the other side and put some bricks down and whatnot. But that chief cornerstone, it was truly functioning as the foundation. It's what held yeah. the building together. And I think when we've been considering like, oh, we are the temple of God. Yes. You know, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. He is working in us. This is what the Bible clearly says. Yeah. And again, Peter, sorry, Paul in his epistle as well makes the point perfectly clear. He says, and the foundation of that temple is Christ. Amen. You know, you, we represent, we're, we're the drywall, oh, you know, yeah, we're yeah. the plasterboard, <laughs> we're the nails, the, this kind of thing. But Jesus is the foundation. He is, he's, he's right there. He's, everything is built on him and everything is to be held together mm. with him. And I, I think it, it often makes me think sometimes the way that people build, view life. Mm-hmm. Uh, view their relationship with Jesus. Some people view life as as like a pie, you know. And as a pie. As a pie, yeah. I Some haven't heard that one before. Be, How do they view it as a pie? Come Some on. people <laughs> view it as a pie and they have one slice, which is like, this is my work slice and right. this is my family slice oh, and this yeah, is right. my, my hobby slice yeah. and this is the Jesus slice over here. This is the church slice and they've got like different slices and then all those slices come together to make a pie. But I, I don't think that's the way that life functions because there is a lot that overlaps. There's you know? an interlinking, isn't there? Exactly. There's got to be an interlinking. And, you know, in, for the case for the, for the sake of my uh, for the sake of my illustration all of those pie pieces are different flavors and you've put them together into one round pie and it kind of looks like something together but at the end of the day all those things they're, they're a little bit different in their own ways and, and although they're kind of you know they touch each other they're not necessarily connected mm. whereas this bet I think this is a far better illustration it's like you everything your immediate functions and needs are represented by a house you know every single place has a function they all you know you you don't have if you're in a room you have windows and doorway and all of Mm. those things serve in a roof and and walls and all of those things serve a different purpose and you could say oh the the windows are my social life and the walls are my you know my job and this (laughs) and that and the other but the foundation all of those things should be built on christ and when they are all of it turns into a witness. Doesn't Your it? work turns into a witness. Yeah. Your friendships turn into a witness. And it also turns into a mission as well. Absolutely. When Christ is at that foundation, and it's so interesting to see, you look towards the Jews who rejected Christ mm-hmm. in his time, and you see people who they reject Christ because it will lose you know, them, particularly amongst the spiritual leaders, it'll lose them status in, in their position. You know, They will be losing out in some aspect and they're, they're looking at all the, their pieces of the pie and it's like, oh, well, Jesus doesn't fit into my pie mm-hmm. and so we're rejecting him. And whereas, and, and it, as it alludes to here in verse 7, it says, hey, you know, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Mm-hmm. You know, they, their pie, Jesus doesn't fit in, but if you if Jesus becomes your foundation, it, it informs everything you do and that's what the apostles of his time did. 
And what I love is like foundation is so key. Mm. And like you say, I mean, these days we would think of the foundation as what's being laid at the base of mm. the house, for example. Mm. Like, you know, but, but there is, like you say, the, the pillar that has to, well, all of those, those pillars then have to actually hold the house up. But mm. in the old time, you know, in the New Testament times back right then in the early Christianity, mm. that, that corner pillar was just so foundational. Mm. But what it means, you know, for me personally mm-hmm. too, what it means for me is that, uh, and another term that Jesus is my anchor to everything, yeah. that he's my constant in everything, that when everything else is crumbling, in, uh, seems to be crumbling, I should say, uh, the constant in my life is Jesus. Oh, amen. The foundation in my life He'll is Jesus. He'll never leave you or forsake He'll you. He'll never leave. Oh, that's one of my favorite, absolutely favorite mm-hmm. verses, you know, Hebrews. And, and the thing is that, you know, when I think of that as being the foundation, that Yes, when every it feels like everything else is crumbling, that is stable. It gives me stability in life. Yeah, and that's the, that's the beautiful thing. Um, George has written find. in as well. He says the cornerstone was also a oh, reference yes, it was. point. Absolutely. Yeah, it's kind of from the cornerstone you would you would be able to derive your measurements. You'd be able to kind of plot out and plan out. Okay, where am I going to put certain things in relationship to? The cornerstone, as as its cornerstone, as our foundation, yeah, Christ is acting perfectly in that sense to direct and to guide us oh. to, to just as the cornerstone. It's like okay, because I've got this type of cornerstone, because rocks are different, you know. Yeah. So, because I've got this type of stone as my cornerstone, well, then this is how I'm going to order my life. Jesus is unique in Absolutely. his in his cornerstoneness. Absolutely. Just like every cornerstone was unique, that's who Jesus is. He's unique, and so he wants to uniquely order your life different from the ways of the world and we want to encourage you to have jesus as your foundation Mm. as your cornerstone and as your reference point you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different come to the time where we do nothing else but spin that wheel. We, we, well, we spin the wheel. So give you we quiz answers. We do. We give the quiz answers <laughs> and give some books away. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we have a look at some texts. We, we got a couple things to do, but yep. it is time to spin that wheel. There we go. Okay. You da, can da, hear da, it. Da, da, da. It's spinning. <laughs> it's spinning. It's slowing down. And we have our winner for Yay! this week. Which is none other than Tim. Tim. Okay, we're congratulations, gonna, Tim. We're gonna call him Tim. We, you know, c- congrats, well, Tim. That is his name. We're not gonna call him Tim, but it yeah, is Tim. <laughs> we, well, we can't say his last name. I'm just no, thinking no, like this. Right. There, there, there might be multiple Tims in the quiz. So we've got Tim there. Tim, we will get on with you with all the information there about the prize. We've got your number. We we know we know. Yeah, who you are. that's so, right. So, so you've c- won the book, Daniel Wisdom from the for the wise. Absolutely fantastic work Tim getting in with correct answers throughout the week and hey let's have a look at some correct answers for today so again that first question what special vessel was built using gopher wood it was Noah's Ark now mm. interesting about gopher wood we don't actually know what it is we had mm. one listener writing I believe it was Braden Rodian about he's like oh I thought it was acacia wood and there's there's some interesting thoughts about what gopher wood actually is maybe it's a cut of wood where yeah. you know when they cut wood into slats they called it gopher wood because it would have been like timbers, you know, that they mm-hmm. would have made the the ark out of. We don't 100% know, but hey, look, um, it's it, despite that, it's called gopher wood in the Bible. Absolutely. Hey, did you know that in the US there's a man that's actually built 
a Noah's Ark. Yeah, the so old it's a Ken museum. Ham. It's actually yeah. incredible. Google it. It's incredible. Actually, have you been there, doing it? No, no. I'd love to go there yeah. though. But you can, you know, the video clip actually shows you on the inside. So yeah, have a look. Absolutely. What did Isaiah have a poultice of? That was a poultice of figs for Hezekiah's yeah. boil there. Now it had charcoal mentioned there, and I saw some answers coming through for charcoal. I think yeah, that's more of a modern bit. thing. That is these days. <laughs> yeah. like Use that's- charcoal a lot, especially when you travel to the Asian countries, in case you actually get any. You know, Infections. It, well, no, gut gut problems, yeah. you know, and then runs to the toilet. So charcoal is yeah. really good to heal that. But no, in this case, it is definitely figs. Yeah, <laughs> but charcoal poultice works fantastic too now. But yeah, it was a fig poultice back mm. in the day. Who ordered the death of the 70 sons of Ahab? That was Jehu. Jehu yeah. is, we had him as an answer earlier this week. He's such an epic guy. Like yeah. I, He was involved in the story. He was involved Jezebel in the story. Was Jezebel the was the answer. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, dude, he is like such a hectic dude. Like yeah. he does some... True, uh, yeah, some, some cleaning True. up of the That's town. Not, doesn't he? Uh, yeah. In Romans 1, what does Paul say he was set apart for? He was set apart for the gospel. For the gospel. I yeah, know. We gave some right. really good hints yeah. there for that one. We were hope that one actually, I think everyone got that one definitely right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, now some people got it wrong, but we had lots of answers coming through. And I wanted people to get it right because I was really trying. I was like, you know, we were joking before the thing started. We're like, maybe we should say, um, you know, <laughs> the clue for the answer. It starts with G, ends with Ospel, but hey, you guys have done a fantastic job. And then finally here, what arrow was carrying was a carrying case that the psalmist likened to a man with many sons, and it was a quiver from Psalm 127 there, which we have a song coming up just after this. I'm going to play relating to that one by the corner room. Got a couple of text messages here. Do you want to read that one from Sunny for us? Yeah, Sunny says to us, good morning, Danuta and Lawson. Thank you for the amazing Bible study this morning. I love how you both bring the Bible alive with each daily study. God bless you both. Ah, oh, praise God. Yeah, we've got God. another one also from Stuart who says, great Bible study. People are loving it. We've yeah. had heaps of texts coming in, hey? And there's another one that's just come in from Sky. Yeah, Sky writes in, when Lawson said it's time to do nothing else, this catching one line song went through my head. Monday, nothing to do. All the days of the week. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, with a guinea pig about to go to sleep. Maybe, I don't know if that if she's referencing, maybe her own guinea pig or a, or a meme of guinea pig, whatever it may be. It's, uh, it's when we come to a time, well, we've actually come to the end of the week. I know. And there's it's nothing all gone else, too fast. There's nothing else to do for the rest of the day other than, you know, listen to some great radio and prepare for the Sabbath and probably work as well if you guys are <laughs> working yeah, too. Yeah, but yeah. We also want to encourage our listeners that, you know, some people actually have heard Faith FM live as they're driving through a town or something like that. Mm. They can, but if they can't get it in the places where they are otherwise, download the app Faith FM onto mm. your phone onto your phone and you can listen back to our shows. It's usually a day behind that you actually hear it. So today you would hear yesterday's one and so, yeah, you can listen to our shows on the podcast and still be involved and text us in we'd love to hear from you all the same and the phone number for texting in is 0491 yeah absolutely oh sky wrote in it's like haha nah just saw this guinea pig on tiktok lol <laughs> that's awesome hey and yes get some chores in before the sabbath begins as well from sky we've come to the end of our show but before we leave we want to encourage our listeners to tune in again on monday to the breakfast show mm. or if you're listening Otherwise, you want to go back over some of them. You can listen to it on the podcast. Absolutely. Go back over some of our shows. Of course, coming up, we've got Tassie Encounter straight after we've actually finished. And remember to talk faith, live faith, act faith. And you, and will, you grow will grow strong in Jesus Christ. Yeah, guys, have a fantastic weekend. We'll be back on Monday. God be with you too.
Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.